good. So we're on a series entitled, No More Fear. No More Fear. Man, I, I tell you, this, is, this has just been good, and, it, and I've enjoyed teaching this and just going to continue on this because there's, there's just a lot to it. And, and uh, as I've been meditating on even what I was going to share tonight, um, earlier Today, I just wrote down a few things, uh, wrote down some things that I felt like God spoke to me about, just about what we're going to talk about tonight concerning fear. But if I have a subtitle tonight, um, it is this, Faith for the Future. Faith for the Future. Um, <clears throat> You know, when you hear the words spoken um, and you begin to develop a, a, a new mindset and way of thinking, um, you, can, you can know the word, you can know things about the word, um, but if you don't take ownership of it and then if you're not in a place or a position to apply the word because you're not understanding that you have to apply it. It's not just what you know. Um, in our society, when we know something, then we don't need to know anything else about it. You know, if you know that two plus two is four, then once you realize that, then that's the way it was and it's always, it'll always be that way and there's nothing you can do about it, so that knowledge is enough. So I don't, I don't need to know any more about that. Um, and and I, I feel like in our society, you know, somebody has a specific topic. Well, they want to read about it. They want to get information about it, and they want to be done with it. They want to say that they know it. And um, there are certain things, I guess, in the world and in, in our system, our way of living and operating that are that way. But God's Word is not that way. It's never been that way. And actually, one of the things I wrote down today, um, before I get into this, I just want to say this, that, um, <clears throat> that we, we, we are operating, when we, when we receive the word, we're receiving instructions that... Um, that have to do with a with a with another system. In other words, the word gives you a way to live here on earth, but it the word is a way of life that is actually going on somewhere else and it works perfectly. It works perfectly. And um <clears throat> Every report that you and I get, every thought that we have that goes contrary to God's way of thinking, His, His plan, His government, His system, any thought or report that we get, in the moment that you have a thought or a report that goes contrary to, to God, 
you find yourself in a make-or-break situation based on how you respond to the report. You get a report about your physical body, something wrong with your body. Many times it's make or break in the, in the first report you get based on what you do with the report. I was <clears throat> talking to somebody on the phone friend of mine I was talking on the phone with him um, a while back and he was he was telling me things that had happened to him and his family about things that had been attacked they'd been attacked within their bodies and um, <clears throat> he's a believer and he ministers the word and he loves God and all those things but when he's telling me what happened to his family I'm, I'm waiting to hear what they did with the reports, with the attacks, the things that came with the thoughts. And as I'm listening to this person tell me this, all, all I heard was what the doctor said. That's all I heard. I didn't hear anything else. I wasn't hearing from him what the report what the Word of God says about his situation. I didn't hear any of that. And after about 10 minutes of conversation about it, I said to him, uh, well, man, I'm, I'm, I'm praying for you. He said, man, I appreciate it. We need it. And um, all through the Bible, the responsibility for us in our lives being well or overcoming in situations, the Bible always goes to the person because the responsibility lies on us to do something with what God's Word says. You can know that God's Word says that you're healed. You can know that and do absolutely nothing with it and it will do nothing for you. You can know it. You can be waiting around in life for God to do things for you. Well, you know, if God wants to do it, he'll do it. <laughs> I'm telling you, God wanted to do it more than you and I wanted it done. And he already did it. And in this understanding of living a life of faith in God and living free from the fears that want to grip our lives, we've got to understand methodically how God's Word works, and then we've got to work it. And, it, and we have to take ownership of it, or situations won't just change. And not only does it need to work for us, but it needs to work in my life so I can help other people work it in theirs. Right? And you'll never make somebody believe what you believe if they've not spent the time understanding the way you have if you believe the Word and you're a doer of the Word. But if your life gets results, it speaks volumes. When you get results in your life and people see the results in your life, it speaks volumes. 
It will cause a a born-again Christian who is an unbeliever about specific things in their life. All of us have, are or have been unbelievers in specific areas of life because we're, we're, we've struggled believing and we're becoming believers about specific things. I'm a believer in the fact that I'm born again, and, and that'll never change. I'm born again because I did what the Bible said, and I've taken ownership of it, and no devil in hell is going to talk me out of it, maybe because of a mistake or something that I made. I'm born of the Spirit of God, and God and I are in an intimate relationship together. Nobody's going to talk me out of that. But just because I have a relationship and I'm born again doesn't mean that the promises just all of a sudden just fall into place. You and I have to understand how the process works. And it's vital that we do. And it's vital that we are a people that are not ruled by fear in our lives in any way. Our foundational scripture is Psalm 34.4. I sought the Lord, David said. He heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. Not some of my fears, but all my fears. <clears throat> so let, 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 let me just mention some of the fears that we know of. Okay? <clears throat> Some of the fears that we know of are the fear of failure. That's a huge one. The fear of failing in life. What does the fear of failing cause you to do? Fail. Right? Why? Because it seizes you, it grips you, and then every decision that you make in life, or many of the decisions you make in life, they're filtered through the fear that is gripping you and ruling you. So it causes the, 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 the actual fear, the thing that you have feared, the fear of failure, the thing you're fearing, actually comes on you in that scripture. That's what happened with Job. Um, the fear of man. Another way you could say it is the intimidation of man. Different people's intimidation of other people. Not feeling comfortable in your own skin. What, what, what that causes, you know... You, you, could, you could have four or five different people and they all are intimidated or in fear of man and their responses will, will, will they'll, they'll follow through. Their responses to that will all be different. Some people that are intimidated in fear of man, they're real aggressive because they're trying to get the upper hand and not let, not let someone take advantage of them. Other people that are intimidated, they can't even talk around certain kinds of people. They get in people's presence and they just spit all over themselves or stumble all over themselves. They can't even function and operate. When in, in all actuality, what can man do to you if God's on your side? You, you know what I'm saying? And, and you can come into the presence of somebody that is in a place of authority. I mean, God, I don't know where God taught me because I didn't grow up thinking this way, but God taught me authority at an early age in my born-again walk. And it just, I don't know, I just connected with it. I understood authority. I understood honoring authority and not sucking up to somebody, but honoring that place of authority. If President Trump walked in the back doors of the church tonight, sat down and wanted to hear a little word preached, um, we're going to honor him. We'll, we'll bring him to the front. He's a, he's a, he's a man of authority in, in our nation. He's the president. He's the, in the highest position you know, in our country. We want to honor him. 
We don't want to worship him. He's not our God. We don't have to be intimidated, but we don't want to have some attitude, you know, toward him because, you know, maybe you don't, maybe you don't like him. If President Obama was still president, even though he was, he's a past president, we still acknowledge him as President Obama. We still use that name with him. If he walked in the back doors, we're still going to honor him. So whether you like the person necessarily or not, you're going to honor the position. You understand? And, and so we, we learn to understand those things, but we don't fear them and we're not afraid of them. And, and another person should not keep you from fulfilling your destiny. That's not God's plan for your life. Can you say amen? Well, one, one, one of the fears, and probably it's the root of all fear, and we talked a little bit about it last night. We're going to talk some more right now. I mean, last Wednesday. Um, <clears throat> is the fear of death. And I defined the fear of death as that word death there really means separation. Because when you physically pass away from this life, actually, your spirit man doesn't cease to exist and neither does your body. If you think about it, your body doesn't either. Your body may turn to, I mean, if, if, it, if it's in a casket or if you, you're cremated or whatever and you're just ashes, that body's coming back together because the Bible says it is. I don't care where it's at. I don't care if it's been sprinkled in the ocean or wherever. I mean, that body's coming back together. So that body isn't through either, right? So really what he's talking about in the scripture we read last week, and I want to read it again tonight, really what he's talking about is a separation. So tonight I want to read that Hebrews 2 and verse 14 and 15, I want to read it in the Amplified. Since therefore these, his children, share in flesh and blood in the physical nature of human beings, he himself in a similar manner partook of the same nature that by going through death, talking about Jesus, going through the death that he and that we talked about all this month on Sundays, and that we that we honored him in and honored God and thanked God for what was accomplished for us. This is the death he's talking about. Going through death, he might bring to naught and make of no effect him who had the power of death, that is the devil. To, make of, to, to, to bring to naught and make of no effect him who had the power of death, that is the devil, he has no effect, he has no power. And also that he might deliver and completely set free all those who through the haunting fear of death were held in bondage throughout their whole, the whole course of their lives. The fear of death caused mankind to be in bondage all their lives. The fear of death, even today, keeps a, people, keeps a person in bondage. It keeps people bound up. They're, they're, they're seized. Um, they're paralyzed. They're not able to be effective when they're afraid of death. And they're afraid of separation of whatever. Um, Anything, if you're afraid of heights, if you're, 
if, you know, in, in some tall skyscraper, the, the Empire State Building, you're at the top of that, and if there was the potential for you to fall, what you're afraid of is being separated from family, separated from your life, separated, you know, a lot of times people don't act like they do, but many people like their things, right? Many people like their stuff, and they're afraid of being separated from their stuff. Just the fear of death is the fear of separation of anything or everything, whatever it is. I said in the beginning that we're living on a planet in a system that is absolutely contrary, like the difference in day and night, to the system that we're learning about right here. The system of God is totally contrary to this system. But what God has done is He brought that system here through Jesus Christ, and now He's giving us that system, but we have to, we have to take ownership of it, and we have to replace the ideas and the thoughts and, and all the different reports that come, they have to instantly be, be stopped in their tracks and let known that they're not going to operate in the way that I process this life. And if we don't do that, we can be born again, but we'll still be afraid of all these things. And I want to show you this in just in, in several verses of Scripture that I want to look at tonight. Um. To me, okay? And when I was learning about faith in my early years, I've been saved for over 40 years, however long it's been, a long time. And in in the early years as I was learning faith, it was just all about learning faith and attempting to be doing everything I could to be free from being afraid of things or afraid of what I was, you know, the things that I was being taught, but I was so focused, focused, focused on what faith was going to produce for me. And, uh, and, that's a, and that's a good thing, and actually, in maybe not so much of an aggressive way as I went after it, I mean, you, you want to be aggressive, but you don't want to wear yourself out to the point that if you, if you do something that's wrong, that you beat yourself up with it. You don't want to be that way. But... <clears throat> What, what, what I saw in Scripture and what I'm seeing today in Scripture that liberates my life from fear when you really break down what fear is, it's this separation thing. And, 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 and it's really important that we understand it. So we've got to focus on what faith does. So tonight, the rest of what I'm just going to say in the next few minutes has to do with faith for the future. And when you are developing faith and love for the future, because God is love, when you're developing faith in love and in God, then fear goes out the back. You fill yourself up with faith, and you're really living and operating in the love of God and the faith of God, then there's no room for fear. It's extracted from your life. It's removed from your life. So... In, in these next few verses that I'm going to read, I want you to think about. These are, these are well-known verses that we read all the time. But Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now, right now, faith is the substance of the things that you're hoping for, the evidence of the thing not seen yet. See, if, 
If, you've, if you are believing for something and you can see it, there's no reason for faith to be involved, right? Faith is involved and faith becomes the eyes that see what you're believing for and, and, and faith in God is faith in His Word and His promises. So if you have faith for health and healing, something's attacked your body and you have faith to be healed and delivered of that. As you're developing it, you're stopping every report and every thought that is a report, every thought from the devil that is a report, you're stopping those thoughts with what God's promise says. And if you're not doing that, if you're, if you're not doing that in, in my phone conversation with my friend, I'm not being critical of my friend, I'm just, I'm just sitting there thinking... Doctors don't have it all. You know what I'm saying? They don't have it all, but God does. You, you, you understand? They don't. And everybody say, thank God for doctors. I mean, I mean, forever. Thank God for doctors. Many, 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 many people would be gone and dead today without doctors. Thank God for doctors. But they don't have all the answers. They're not the healer. He is. So, so we have to be constantly, and, and you know, the, the word practice has this uh, non-spiritual connotation to it. But what have you ever gotten good at in life that you didn't have to practice? I don't care what it is. You don't practice, you don't get good. You don't develop a routine day-to-day in certain things, you're not going to take ownership of whatever it is you're believing for. So every time a thought comes, your body hurts, you get a report from the doctor, something happens, I'm just using the physical sense, but this is in any area of your life, when, when, when the reports come, if you don't stop every thought with the promise, then those thoughts will overtake you. It will overtake your thinking, and it will affect the results of what you are believing for. So, so what do you do? Well, you know, I, you know last week I, I, wasn't, I didn't do a real good job of that, Pastor. Well, okay, st- so start right this second. You know, thank God for His mercy and His grace. I, I'm, I'm not, when, when I'm teaching this, I'm not the one who's the judge of what's going to happen and what isn't going to happen. I'm just telling you what the Word says. And if the Word says we have to do this and we have to do it, and we got to get good at it. Because not only... Or areas in my life weighing in the balance, but areas in other people's lives because people need somebody that's producing some fruit. People in the world need people that have evidence that the word is working. Everybody say, that's me. That's us, right? And we want, we want to start producing evidence today. And, and you know when the evidence starts? Not when you see it. When you believe it. Now faith is the substance of the thing that I'm hoping for, even though I don't, don't, don't see it. So we have to have faith for today on. Because otherwise, what the devil's going to try to remind you of, I'm going to read a verse of scripture in a minute that talks about what God did through Jesus is he brought heaven to earth. The devil's plan for your life is that in your home, and your life, that is hell on earth. 
God's plan for your life is heaven on earth. And you know what? We're not, we're not going to experience all of heaven on earth. All of heaven's here. And we're not going to get the whole totality of that because one of the things that we'll never get here is we'll never have no resistance. When we're up there, there's no, there's no devil in heaven. When we get there, there's no resistance. So it'll never be exactly like heaven, but man, it's here for us. And you know what? Let's start living it that way. Let's be happy and let's be kind people and let's be prosperous people. Let's be well people. I mean, you see what I'm saying? I just want to embrace the whole package. I want to have a smile not because I'm trying to fake someone out. I want to have a smile because the joy of the Lord is my strength. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? In the midst of anything that I face, man, I'm overcoming because I've stopped every thought. Every report has been shut down in the name of Jesus. And fear has no dominion in my life. No matter what. And I mean being aggressive with it like never before. Like never before. Can you say amen to that? Amen. <clears throat> Look at this in, um, in uh, it, it'd be good for you to read this whole chapter, but it's found in Psalm 27, and I'm going to read it in the Amplified. I'm just going to read um, three verses, but, but it'd be good for you just to read the whole chapter. But Psalm 27 in the Amplified, in verse 1, the Lord is my light and he is my salvation. Whom shall I fear or dread? Fear and dread always go together. When you're in faith in God, you have this expectation. I'm talking about when you're in faith. I'm not talking about when you're trying to be in faith. I'm talking about when you're doing the due diligence of, of stopping the thoughts and the reports in their tracks with the word of God. I'm not talking about giving thoughts and reports an opportunity to make its way into your life because once it gets a foothold and it gets a foot in the door, I mean, the door cracks open and it's very difficult to shut the door. I mean, you can do it. God will take us anywhere we're at and start practicing and working on it. But the better we get at that, then we don't dread having to face things or people or situations. The fear of man. There's a huge dread. Man, when you, you, can, you can think about, I, I, I can go back and think of times when I didn't want to be around somebody and I just dreaded their, their presence. One time I had a situation with the IRS where I had to go face the IRS. I had to go to their office and face them. And I'm not running from them. I'm going to face them head on. But I dreaded it. And I had to get over the dread before I went. And I had to remind myself of the favor of God no matter what happened, no matter what the situation was. I had to believe that I had the favor of God. And I had to get that before I went. And I didn't, I, I'm not saying that I, I went skipping in there, you know, in, into the IRS office and just clapping my hands and just, you know, I'm so glad to be here. I mean, maybe some people can, but I didn't. I, I, part of me was mad that I had to be there, and I had to get over that. But if you don't stop things like that in your track, then you'll dread everything that you face. 
God doesn't want you dreading anything. He said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear or dread? What's the answer to that question? It's up to you. The Lord is my refuge and my strong and, and stronghold of my life. How does he become refuge and stronghold? When you become a believer of what he said. There's no other way. There's no other way. You can make all kinds of promises to God. Oh, God, I'll do this, and I, I took care of this, and I did this good deed for this person. No, 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 no. All those are good, but that's just gravy stuff. You, where, where he becomes your light, he becomes the light of your life. He becomes the stronghold that you, 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 where all your confidence is, and that's where you spend your time in. When he becomes that way, it's because you've, been a, you've become a believer of his word, and then you do that word. And you stop those thoughts and those reports at every turn. Every turn. Because I promise you, they're at every corner. And the more you put a stop to them, the more they come. Ah, Pastor, I don't know if I want to do that. Well, they're going to come anyway. <laughs> you, might, you might as well be convinced that you have power to overcome no matter what you face. Amen? They're going to come to those that choose to believe what I'm telling you tonight and those that don't so you might as well have the revelation so you can battle it and shut it down at every turn and the more you believe it then it doesn't become so much of a labor to do it it's just being obedient to do it you know what I've realized is the longer I've been a doer of the word and the more accustomed that I've come to battling thoughts where, I, where I've seen myself enter into in my life is the rest of God. See, when you become confident, then you enter to that place of rest. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For my, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Enter into that place of that rest. See, the things that, that appear to be burdens, when you enter into it through him and through his word, it's, it's, it's not a burden. It doesn't mean we don't have to fight. It doesn't mean we don't have to be doers of the word. It doesn't mean we don't have to resist. It doesn't mean we don't have to rise up and deal with the situations that come against us. But when they come and you're resting in him and you're confident and absolutely assured in him, and he's what this scripture says, he's your, he is the Lord the, and your refuge and your stronghold, there's nobody to fear. That's what this verse is actually saying. Who, who should, in other words, who is it that you need to be afraid of with God on your side? Nobody. Right? Nobody. If God's on my side, then there's not anybody that can do anything to me that God hasn't already met every need, already taken care of me, already positioned me to be able to overcome whatever comes. Amen? Look at verse 13. What? What? It says, what? What would have become of me had I not believed that I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. Wait and do what? Hope. What's that mean? That means having true faith. 
Wait and have true faith for and expect the Lord. Be brave and of good courage and let your heart be stout and enduring. Yes, wait for and hope for and expect the Lord. And when we do that, we have faith for the future and there's no more fear. Cut off. Literally cut off. Literally, fear does not have to rule. One of the things that's helped me through the years in things that I've been afraid of is to write those things down, and I mentioned this last week, to write them down, and then to ask yourself, what am I afraid of? What is it that I'm really afraid of in this situation? Everybody close your eyes just for a second. I want you to just think of one thing that maybe you wouldn't call it fear, but maybe intimidation or, you know, um, hesitation or whatever, whatever it would be. It, 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 when it all boils down, it's either, it's either directly or indirectly related to fear. But just think of something. It may be financial. It may be something in your body. It may be somebody at work. It may be the future. It may be a, a lot of different things. But just think of one thing that you struggle with and that you could say relates to what I'm talking about tonight. Now, look at me. Don't do it now because then you won't listen to me. But take the time this week to ask yourself why and ask God for his wisdom and understanding to show you why you're afraid in that area or what it is that's bothering you or what it, what's trying to get the best of you. Ask yourself that. I promise you that God will answer you. He will reveal things to you. I'm not promising you something that, that you know, like I'm not going to deliver on. I'm talking, I'm saying God said, if you ask, he'll answer. And what we ask for and learn to hear about a lot of times we don't want to hear because we don't want to hear the truth. But when you get to the bottom of what it is that's bothering you and why you're afraid of something, you get to the bottom of that thing, man, I mean, I'll tell you what, you'll be free. And then nobody can hold you down. And if you get free of one thing, then you can get free of the next thing. Then you can ask another question about something else. Don't ask 15 questions, you know, just ask one. Just get to the bottom of one thing in your life. Begin to apply the word to every report, every thought that is a report that comes as contrary to the word, shut it down instantly. I mean, if you have to do it 20 times, 50 times in a day, I don't care how many times you have to do it, just shut it down with what the promise of God's word says. And when you shut it down, it begins to take effect in your life. It may not happen today, it may not happen tomorrow, it may not happen next week, but if you stay with it, you will see the results because God cannot lie. And he said, if we do that, that's the way it works. You'll reap the harvest on that. Amen? So he said, yes, wait for and hope for and expect the Lord. Glory to Jesus. Amen? Amen. Look at John 14. John 14. 
And this is Jesus speaking to us right along the lines that we're talking about right here. <clears throat> These things I have spoken to you while you're present, that while being present with you. He's telling his disciples this. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. See, that's a promise. When you need to know something, he'll teach you and show you. He said he would. We got to take that literally. We got to embrace that. Amen? He said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Let not your heart be troubled. I tell you, asking yourself questions and asking God, asking yourself the question, what am I so troubled about? Let's say, let's say that you're in a situation, and man, you're just flat out overreacting. I mean, you're you're, something's going on and you're just mad and you're telling somebody about it and you're just, I mean, you can feel yourself sweating and, you know, all kinds of things going on. Why? Why? What are you so upset about? I promise you that what you're upset about is tied to reports and thoughts. And those thoughts have become words that you're speaking. And now what you're declaring what you're, what you're, what's coming out of your mouth is the way that it looks and the way that it appears to be. Because I'll tell you this, many, many times, the way things appear to be are not the way they really are, but it looks that way. And you'll never know the difference when you're constantly talking and letting come out of your mouth the way it looks. What we have to do is, wait a minute, stop that thought. Stop it with the word. I mean, you, you, I mean I, I'll, I'll even say sometimes, no, no, stop it in the name of Jesus. I shut that thought down, and then as I begin to pray in the Spirit, God will show me what to say from the Word to really shut it down. I mean, I mean just getting your mind level and saying, okay, wait a minute, what am I acting like this for? Why am I responding like this? Why am I talking like this? Why am I letting these words come out of my mouth? Because you're not stopping the reports and the thoughts that are coming from the enemy. And I promise you, he works overtime because what he wants in your life is hell on earth. That's what he wants in your life, in your marriage, in your family, on the job. He wants that in the church life. He wants it everywhere. He wants hell on earth. And Jesus brought heaven to earth. Amen? The Father brought it through Jesus Christ. He brought heaven to earth. Amen? That's what we have a right to. Deuteronomy 11, and this is a verse I wanted to read. <clears throat> Deuteronomy 11. And verse 18. Therefore, you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul and bind my words as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets before your eyes. You've put them before you and before your eyes and around you where you see it everywhere you go. You shall teach these things to your children and speaking of them when they sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. How often is that? That's morning, noon, and night and everything in between. I mean, man, Pastor, I mean, I have a busy life. How can I do the Word? you got the Holy Ghost. 
You can pray in the Spirit. You can confess the Word anytime. You, you, you can be at work and under your breath be confessing the Word. You can thank God every day. I mean, you can allow the awareness to be going in your ears, in your eyes, around you. You can have little notes on your desk. You can have this on your mirror in your bathroom. You can put this up and that up. You can put stuff in your car, put it around. I mean, you know, people think that kind of stuff is crazy, but that's what he's talking about right here. And here's the, the end result of putting these things before us. And he said, and you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them like the days of heavens above the earth. The enemy wants hell on earth, but these days of heaven on earth, heavens above the earth, heaven brought here through Jesus Christ to live in that heaven now, it takes putting that word everywhere. It takes not just the word, having a knowledge of it in your head, but stopping every report and every thought and giving it no place and allowing the words that come out of your mouth to line up with what God says. I was having lunch the other day with someone that believes like what I'm talking to you right now. And we were talking about something and in our conversation, something was said, but there was an explanation made that, I don't even remember what it was, I just remember that we, there was an explanation, my wife and I were in this, in this lunch, and there was an explanation made, but as the explanation was put out there, it was, it was very clear to all of us that that explanation had to be Gosh, I, I don't even remember what it was. But the explanation had to be defined that I didn't mean that, that I meant this. Does that make sense? Or that, I really confuse you. <clears throat> um, because it's real easy to be flippant with how you say something, you know, but I don't want to be flippant with how I say something. I want to be direct and to the point. Someone may ask me, uh, so, so how are you feeling in your body? Oh, man, I just, man, I'm sick as a dog. I don't ever say I'm sick. And if that ever came out of my mouth that I'm sick, ever, if it ever came out of my mouth that I'm sick, I'd, I, I, surely the Holy Ghost, I, I've asked God to put a watch over my mouth and my heart remind me of things so I'll shut it down. But I would never say that I'm sick. I don't remember the last time ever in my life that I've ever said that I'm sick. Somebody asked me how I'm feeling. What about the symptoms in your body? Yeah, I got symptoms. This is happening or whatever. But I'm not sick. And those symptoms are on the way out because I'm not giving them place because I've got the word on it. And every, way, every time I feel a certain way or something's coming against me, it's coming out of my mouth. And a lot of times, nobody else even knows I'm saying what I'm saying. Because you know what? Everybody else doesn't totally understand what you're saying. But if it produces the results and someone says, you know, the other day you had symptoms in your body and you got past that. You know, it seemed like you just got over that really quick. It doesn't seem like you ever do that. What, what, you want to know why? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, what, what are you taking? Um, let me tell you. 
I'm taking these pills. And, and they're amazing. They're called the gospels. All right? That's from Charles Capps. <clears throat> um, the, the, they're the gospels. I'm taking them. And it works. I'm not saying I don't take anything else. I take lots of vitamins and supplements and those kind of things. Do what you know to do. But at the end of the day, I know people that have taken supplements and they live short lives because there's no faith involved. I'm not, I'm not saying that everybody that, that happened to, but I'm just saying it's, you know, I can't put my faith in the supplements. I put my confidence in it because I believe God told me to take them and as I'm taking them, it's changing my body and it's helping. But I'm telling you what really works is what I say. And that's what I have to believe. And when you put these before you, then these things happen. Can you say amen to that? So I want to end tonight with these two verses of Scripture. And I want you to keep these two in your heart. And one of them is very well-known verse of Scripture, and it's found in Jeremiah 29, 11. And I'm going to read it in the, new, uh, the NIV translation. And God says this about you and I tonight. Okay? He, said it, he says this about all of us tonight. I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for you to be afraid and to be in harm's way and to never know what's going to happen. Hmm. That's not what the Word says. But sometimes I think people think that's the way it is. But it isn't. But the only way that you'll begin to believe it isn't that way is when you declare things like this. God says, God says this about us. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, for us to prosper, and, to, and, and, and no plans of harm in any way. No plans for harm. Plans to give you hope and a future. There's that word hope again. What is that? That's faith for the future. Plans for hope. That you know what? It's going to be well. I mean, the days ahead in my life are the best days I've ever seen. Why? Because he said, he said, I'm not going to live a shortened life. I'm living a long life, but a long and strong life, right? Because he said I would. He said I would. He said this is what he has for me. And we've got to believe that. And Ephesians 2.10, and I'm going to read this in the Amplified. <clears throat> For we are God's own handiwork, His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time. Taking paths which he prepared ahead of time. Taking paths that God has already prepared for you ahead of time. That we should walk in them, how? Living the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Everybody say the good life. I mean, what does the good life look like to you? All you got to do is read the Bible and it'll tell you what the good life is. There's no question about what the good life is. Well, prosperous, right? Advancing. Have money in your pocket. 
have, have investments that are, that are producing and, and things that we set our hand to, prospering and advancing, all those things. The good life is living in peace that Jesus gave us, living in comfort that comes from the Father all the time, never being stressed out, never, having, never giving in to the stresses of life because we're in that place of rest, knowing that God will do what he said he'll do for us. So tonight, I, I'm saying to you, <clears throat> there's no more fear, there's no more dread, there's no more torment of any kind whatsoever, because we're people that have faith for the future. When you operate in faith and love, then your faith and your hope and your expectation for the future cannot be stopped by the thoughts and the reports of fear that come. And I promise you, they come and they will continue to come until this dispensation of time is over with. They will come. That's why we can't experience the whole understanding of what heaven really is. Because in heaven, there's no resistance. And as long as you live here and you're breathing in this body that you're in right now, you're going to have resistance against your faith. But every report that comes, man, I've got the promise. Huh? Bird, 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 bird. Remember, remember, don't forget. Don't forget. And then shut that thing down. I've got it all prearranged for you. It's there for you. Be cool. Be calm. Enter into my rest. Shut that mess down. Give it no place to operate. I've got this, you, you, have, you continue to have hope and faith and trust and confidence that what I promised you is coming to pass. Don't worry about the other stuff. Doesn't matter what things look like, but you do what I tell you to do. Because time and time and time again, if we obey the Lord our God and we do what he tells us to do, then all of these promises come on us and overtake us. Amen? They do. So say it today. No more fear. No more dread. No more torment. Tonight, I live by faith in God. I'm a doer of the word. And I reap everything that God's promises say that I'm going to reap. In Jesus' name. Can you shout amen? Somebody tonight.